0: We continue our message series, Knowing God by Name. Remember that in the Bible, names are never just names, but names embody and communicate one's essence and character and nature. Names tell one's story and even shadow one's destiny. Meaning that if we truly want to know our God more, it's imperative that we study the names He has given in Scripture. And so for eight weeks, we are going through eight names of the Lord. Names that tell us more and more of who He is. This morning, we're going to look at the name Yahweh Sabaoth and what the name continues to mean to us today. How many of you, when you were a child or even still as an adult, had a favorite superhero? Maybe as a child or even an adult, I guess, you even had superhero PJs (laughs) or maybe socks or even underwear, I guess. American culture, folklore, loves our superheroes, good guys and good gals who have courage, strength, bravery, and resilience, even in the face of overwhelming odds. Men and women who fight for justice, for the cause of the weak, who win and inspire hope in us. Our text today in 1 Samuel has just that. It is a battle royale, a standoff for the ages between two superheroes, one very well known and feared, the other one all but known, even by his own people. The battle takes place in the Valley of Elah, about 1000 B.C., the valley lies between Bethlehem in the east and Gath over to the west. On one mountain flanking that valley is the Philistine army and their undisputed superhero, Goliath. The Bible tells us that Goliath challenged the Israelites. It was common practice in their day to have a duel, a 1v1. It would also save lives on both sides. So Goliath stepped forward with the challenge, if you win, we Philistines will serve you. But if I win, you Israelites will serve us. So this challenge was more than just a medal or a trophy. The fight was for people, land, and servitude. And so our text tells us a little more about Goliath. Nine and a half feet tall, bronze helmet, coat of mail weighing 125 pounds, bronze leg guards, bronze javelin sword, a spear with a really big shaft, and a 15-pound iron head, and his own personal shield bearer. And for 40 days, he stepped forward, taunting and defying the armies of Israel. And on the other side... (laughs) It should have been King Saul of the Israelites or one of his foremost military commanders or even any man in the ranks of the army of Israel. But from king to private, they were paralyzed by fear. But the narrative continues. There was a father of Bethlehem whose name was Jesse, and Jesse had eight sons. The three oldest sons were serving in the army of Israel, and so the father sent his youngest of eight, David, to go check on the three oldest brothers and take them bread, cheese, and grain. And so David takes the care package to his three oldest brothers, and while he is there, he hears the taunt of the giants. And David's first ever words in the Bible, of all the Psalms that he would write, his first ever word, his first sentence is, what's the reward? Right? Right? A young guy, teenager, got to look out for the pocketbook. His second ever sentence in the Bible Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? What, after 26 verses, did David finally bring into battle? He brought theology. A big theme in this narrative is that no matter what we are facing in life, it's all about the starting point. In this battle, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies of the living God. That's the starting point. But as the text goes on, it's really David facing off with three giants. His oldest brother, Eliab, chastises him for his ill intent and says that he needs to go back to daddy's sheep. King Saul then chastises David for his age and his lack of military experience and says, you are but a lad. This giant has been fighting since he was a lad. But still, David insists, Yahweh, the Lord who delivered me from the hand of the lion, and the hand of the bear while I was shepherding, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Another major point our faith in Yahweh's provision, past, empowers, emboldens faith in whatever we face in the present. Our faith in God's provision, past, empowers our faith in the present. And so now we have our tango. On one side, Goliath of Gath. On the other, David of Bethlehem. One nine and a half feet tall, the other, the youngest of eight brothers. Bronze helmet against a teenager. Men 20 and older had to serve in the military so that David is not there, his three older brothers are, means that he is a young teenager. A coat of mail against a carrot top. <laughs> Bronze leg guards were told that David is handsome. The Hebrew word is actually Yapah. It's the same that's used for beautiful, used of Abraham's wife, Sarah. He's a young, handsome hunk. A bronze javelin or sword against a shepherd. A massive spear with a 15-pound head against literally a walking stick or a branch. A personal shield-bearer against a sling. Where do you think Draft King would put the over-under on this fight? Or if you were valley side for this battle royale, what odds would you have given David? The text starts to gain momentum. David runs toward the battle line. And the Philistine sees his opponent after 40 days of taunting And he disdains him, for he is a lad. Is this the best the Israelites could send? He's red-headed and beautiful of sight. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with a walking staff? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the heavens and to the beast of the field. To deprive a warrior of proper barrier and leave his corpse exposed to the wild animals was considered more disgraceful than death itself. And so this giant also has a giant mouth. And he launches a psychological attack on David, a war of words. But this young shepherd is not dismayed, nor is he deterred. He can play that game too. And so David launches his own war of words back. David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, whom you defy. This day Yahweh will enclose you in my hand. I will smite you and remove your head from upon you, and I will give the corpse not just of you but of the Philistine camp this day, to the birds of the heavens and the creatures of the land, and all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. And this assembly will know that not by sword or spear does Yahweh save, for to Yahweh is the battle, and he will give you into our Hand. If you were ringside in the valley of Allah, would you put your money on Goliath's mouth or on David's God? Goliath comes with the latest advanced weaponry and armory, but for David, The name of Yahweh Sabaoth is enough. And even though this battle is taking place on earth, what's the real warfare here? This is spiritual warfare. This is a battle of the gods. Goliath and his gods, Dagon and Ashtoreth, against Yahweh Sabaoth. And what takes 47 verses to build up in this chapter to this standing duel is now resolved in two. David runs quickly towards the giant. He reaches into his shepherd pouch, grabs a stone that was two to three inches round, puts it in his sling, and slings it at between 100 to 150 miles an hour. That stone, dead marks right here on Goliath's forehead, we're told that it sinks into his frontal cranium, and the giant drops to his face. David runs and stands over the giant, takes his sword, and as he said, removes the giant's Absolute defeat. The Philistines see their superhero is dead, and they flee for their lives. The battle is whose? The battle is always Yahweh's. Whether in the Valley of Elah or a cross on Golgotha, the battle is the Lord's. And he is the God who fights to save his people. Yahweh, Sabaoth, used over 240 times in the Old Testament beginning in the book of 1 Samuel on. What does that name fully reveal to us about God? Host, when it is used in the totality of the Bible, can be used of people, earthly people, you and me. Host is also used of earthly armies, whether the Philistine army or the Israelite army. Host is used of all the elements and forces in nature. Host is used of all the angelic beings who serve the Lord. Host is used of all the luminaries, the planets, the stars that fill the universe. God is Lord of them all. Yahweh is our commander-in-chief over everything in heaven and earth and under the earth. And all these hosts of creation serve him and do his bidding. This means, friends, that whatever challenge or trials we face in this life, it's all about having the right Starting point. The starting point in any challenge is not a doctor's report or a medical test or our own charisma or experience in a job interview. The starting point is not the balance in our checkbook. The starting point is always Yahweh Savayot. And this means that whatever our challenge or fight, it does not call the shots in our life. We do not let it dictate our emotions. We do not let it set our agenda. We do not let it determine our mood this day. Because through our baptism, every day we face in the name of Yahweh Sabaoth. The empty grave proves that he has already won. He is the only true superhero. The battle is always his. And in his son Jesus, his victory is our victory. Amen. Here are three questions to continue to meditate on these words of the Lord as we go forth into our weeks. Is there a challenge in your life that's trying to eclipse the size and name of Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts? Why is your starting point so important? And where can you look back in faith to also look forward today? Give that some thought. If you're with someone, go ahead and have a moment of holy conversation as we continue shortly.